A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocker! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, then mine give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Bang, 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 goes the farmer's gun. Welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Stephen Moore. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Mort Infinity. Tonight we're going to, to give a review, spoiler free for now, of the new horror comedy that is making waves called Get Out. No, really, Get Out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ali. <laughs> you got your toothbrush? Sure. You have your deodorant? Sure. You have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bruh. Meeting families. Taking road trips, don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> so you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving, I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. Do you smoke in front of my daughter? I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. Are you ready for this? I'm back in B. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? Couldn't see no brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! (laughs) Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Bros, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Mom, it's a terrible thing to waste. Terrible thing to waste. If there's too many white people, I get nervous. (laughs) No. No. No, 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 no. A mom is a terrible thing to waste. 
So we went to Odeon Scream Unseen on Monday nights as a, as a little gang, and I was shocked at how many people were there. It was yeah. very crazy busy. I've never been to one of those before, but uh, I was surprised how busy it was. Yeah, and I've been to them before and I've never seen it this busy. The hype. Obviously, they don't tell you what you're going to see. The clues were obvious, though. But there was a lot, of, there was a lot of obvious clues. Yeah, well, we knew. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, and I'm not, we're not promoters, we're not sponsored by the audience, so I'm not going to go into it too much. However, it is a good way to see a film for a fiver instead of £94 a ticket. <laughs> um, Scream Unseen is when they show a film where it's kind of, they give you clues as to what it might be, but they don't tell you exactly what it is. And I think it's the gauge audience response and stuff yeah. like that, isn't it? So we followed the clues, John and Stephen was sort of on the ball with the clues there and we went along and we were right and it was Get Out and I imagine most of the people in the audience were, were thinking it was the, it was Get Out I heard a few people cheer did went people, oh, okay. yeah the people next to me did the first clue was about Antonio Brown which was like one of the biggest things on Twitter last year with football to do with American football so it was yeah, just, I just obvious I just googled the clue words, oh, <laughs> until someone gave me the answer as a person knowing the answers to these really critical <laughs> Um so that just goes to show you though the uh, how popular and, and uh, how notorious this film already <laughs> is which is refreshing to mm. see isn't it you know it's really packing them in so I imagine people are going to flock to this when it actually comes out in the UK so the synopsis for Get Out, basically you have um, lovely middle-class white girl Rose taking her black boyfriend Chris home to meet her rich white parents in the middle of Stepford or somewhere. I don't know yeah. where it is. So uh, the parents, Missy and Dean Armitage, they live in a really perfect life on their massive estate that's in the middle of nowhere. Um, they're sort of too nice straight off the bat. And they speak in like cringe white people talk to, to Chris, don't they? Well, the mum doesn't, but the dad does. So how long has this been going on? This, this thing. <laughs> how long? <laughs> Four months. Four months? Mm. Uh, five months, actually. She's right. I'm wrong. Attaboy. Better get used to saying that. <laughs> I, please, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. She's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? No. This is exhausting. He's like, you know, I, I would have voted for Obama a third time and stuff like that. Um, and it's one of those it's one of those situations where it's obviously an issue that she's brought a black boyfriend home. But it's not an issue as in, you know, never darken our doorstep again. It's kind of that underlying, uh, you know. We're going to pretend to be okay with this because it's the correct thing to do, but yeah. are we really? It's yeah. Ins- yeah, insidious discomfort, isn't it? Yeah, insidious yeah. discomfort is the perfect way to describe mm-hmm. this the, the, yeah. the sort of level of this mm-hmm. film, I think. It's well. that when you first come out, well, like, my kind of experience of first coming out to someone and then introducing boyfriends and stuff to that scenario... And even though my dad's really accepted and then really comes off the first while, it was just really awkward and faked enthusiasm. And I was yeah. like, this is cringy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chris sort of becomes, um, so he's welcomed with, with overly open arms by the mum and dad. And then he meets her strange ginger brother, Jeremy. What was he from? I recognised him from something on a common thing. Well, I, right, I'm actually a fan of this actor because we watched a few weeks ago, me and Ben watched Byzantium. Hmm. Which is the film with um, Jamin Arterton and yeah, Samaje Ronan. I don't know how you say him. It's a vampire film. Sasha Ronan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's set in like a it's like a seaside town out of hmm. season hotel. So we thought, oh, it'd be great. It'll be like the darkness. darkness. Nothing like that. 
Very nice, very nice to look at, but a real missed opportunity of a film. Mm. However, he's in it and he plays like the weird boy who the young girl falls in love with. And I was really drawn to him. I thought he was really magnetic and I loved him in that film. Mm. Not so much in this one. He was a bit up and down, but I, I think he's an interesting actor. I didn't like him. His name's Caleb Landry Jones. He's one to look out for, I think. Actually, not that I didn't like him, I didn't like his character. Yeah, I'm trying to think, was, it, was he in like a TV show? I definitely recognise him from... Maybe. Like, um, I think he's British. Speaking of British, so the lead in this film is British yeah, he's as well. British, wasn't he? Daniel Kaluuya, and I, I, I realised he's yeah. Tea Leaf from. Do you remember Psychoville? Yes. Oh yes, of course well. he is. Yes. Yeah, but and yeah, the first episode of Psychoville he breaks into the old guy's house, who's played by Steve yeah. Robinson, and he calls him Tea Leaf. And it's him, anyway. Um, I, I did ask to see people complaining that uh, they cast a British person to play an American. Oh wow, they found racism in the anti-racism film, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> but after what I found, what was good about him, that was, I, I can always tell when they're not really American, and with him, I couldn't. No, he was no, really I good. I think he's yeah. really, I was really excited to see him in the film, because I, I, I couldn't place him, but I knew I'd seen him in things that I'd enjoyed, and I just... So it was good. It was good to see him in the film. Yeah, and he was very convincing as an American. Very good actor as well. Mm. Really soulful. Um, great armpits. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and then the girl. So the girl who plays Rose is Alison Williams. Is she in something? She's in Girls, isn't she? Girls. Yeah. Okay, I've never watched that. No, no, I didn't recognise anyone. <laughs> and Catherine Keane, who plays the mum, she's been in stuff. Yeah. yeah, she was in Into the Wild, and she was in the film about Capote as well. Um, and Bradley Whitford was the dad. I didn't realise it was him. He's from The West Wing. Right. And he plays mm. the dad. Do you know what to do? So basically, he gets to the house. Dad is cringeworthy, kind of, oh, I'm so liberal, uh, rich white person. And the mum is like a slightly creepy psych- psychologist with a pawn shop for hypnotising people. Mm. I mean, that's your first clue. Run. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And they've got... They've got staff, and both the staff are black. You've got a black groundskeeper and a black maid, and both of them are like... Creepy as hell. Like, high on something. The minute you see them, you know something's strange. They're like, step for blacks. And then, th- yeah, so so it's kind of... it's it's you, you sort of revel in the comedy, the sort of awkward comedy of him meeting this family and his experience as a black man, meeting these rich white people who were like, it's so cool that you're black, it's great! Trying too hard. <laughs> Trying too hard, basically. Um, and then things start to slowly unravel as we see it becomes more and more sinister. And, yeah, we're not going to spoil it past that. We will go into spoilers later in this episode, but what we're going to do is we're going to give you the spoiler horn. So when you hear this sound... We're giving you the horn. And after we've given you the horn, we cannot be held responsible for your actions, so you should mm-hmm. switch off there if you don't want to hear any more about that film but we're not giving you the horn yet so that was just a test so keep listening mm. so yeah what's a big thing um, I really enjoyed it I don't know that it actually completely lived up to the hype yeah but it is a very good film and it's definitely it's definitely a film to go and see just because it didn't come up to the hype shouldn't be any barrier to go and to see it's a, it's a very very good film it's well worth seeing really entertaining it's quite scary the humour is really is quite dark isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. Not I've seen a lot darker, but it's quite dark humor. Um, it's good satire, isn't it? Yeah, and it do, and the film itself is quite discomforting, I think, as well. Yeah. So the writer and director Jordan Peele, he was originally he was part of the comedy Joe Key and Peele. Top, top, top. 
uh, on Comedy Central, and he was part of Mad TV, and mm. he's like he's like proper comedian, mm. so you can see his that. Show is, his show is really good, actually. I do like it. Is it? It's, well, it's it. well worth well worth looking. I don't think it's ever I don't think it's ever been on over here, but right. you can see it all on YouTube. And I've watched Mad TV stuff, I don't know, but I've never seen. Key and Peele's Key brilliant. Is it? Really good. Is that really satirical as well? Yeah, because yeah. you can tell that that's his bag. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of it is kind of making fun of people's perceptions of like you know it's black people's perceptions of white people and white people's perceptions of black people and yeah. kind of, and poking fun at black people themselves and white people. You know, he does he doesn't discriminate. He, yeah. he gets everyone. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's like any good comedian discriminates yeah, well, against it. everyone. <laughs> yeah, and he's the son of Lucinda Williams. Oh, right. Country singer. I'm a country fan. I've been to Lucinda Williams in concert. Grizzled, white, old country singer. And she's his mum. Oh, and also, he played, he was a clown in Panic at the Disco's music video, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Oh, that's really cool. He was a clown in there. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's actually really cool. I can even more now. So what was your take on it, Stephen? Actually, I did thoroughly love it. I think yeah. it was great. I do agree, I don't think it quite matched what I was expecting, but then... I think I just expected something different. The trailer gives you so much information that you know that it's going to be a metaphor about racism mm-hmm. and dealing with these kind of issues. And that was all there, but it, it didn't take it the direction I imagined it going, which I'm not going to spoil until later on what I was picturing compared to this. It just took it a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I thought it was really good. That's a great opener for me. I really enjoyed the opening scene. So tell us what happens in the opening. In the opening scene there's a black man walking down a street. On, I think he's on the phone somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Memory. And um, there's this car slowly following him behind and you can see him getting a bit agitated and confused and he's like a bit scared. But he's trying not to panic. So then he turns around and starts walking the other way and the song Bum Rabbit Run starts <laughs> playing creepily in the background. It just I've never been so terrified of a song like yeah, that. Very, creepy. very well chosen piece of music there, and he gets beaten up and abducted. But then, from such a strong opener, you do kind of get this lull for like an hour. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. the first hour could have been a bit more streamlined. I thought I kind of enjoyed that. No, it, it's it's good. I enjoyed it. I don't mind that you dragged me on a story for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Because like I felt quite engaged with the characters and the story and everything, and I was there. My only problem was that the ending happened too quick. It was very quick. It was like everything happened in five minutes and it was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I would have liked to, once you'd finally unveiled that world that you'd created, I would have liked to live there for a bit longer. Yeah. And actually got the full glory of what they were doing and yeah. the background to it and everything. I would have enjoyed a bit more of that. It did all seem a little bit rushed, didn't it? One minute it felt a bit too slow and then yeah. suddenly it was rushed. So. Mm. But it was the first time as well that I think I um, a protagonist in a film actually acted the way a normal person would. <laughs> That was one of the strengths for me for the film. I thought he was written and performed really well. I thought, um, I thought, I thought Chris was, um, he was acted the, the way he was he was portrayed was a, a really normal everyday kind of guy, and he was written that way as well. I thought he he sort of did all the right things, mm. like when they were pulled over. So a part of the film, this isn't really a spoiler. Part of the film, um, that him because it's in the trailer, him and his girlfriend are pulled over by a cop. After they hit, they they run over an animal, and the cop is kind of um, he's not like out and out racist. It's like like it's not like Mississippi burning racist. No. It's like insidious kind of 
underlying racism. And it's like it's like the minute the cop car pulls up, your back goes up because you think, okay, we've got a black protagonist and there's a police car. Mm. I know something isn't good here. This is mm. gonna this is gonna go badly. But then what Chris does is he he sort of steps back and lets the girlfriend. So Rose sort of steps on his toes a bit and tells the cop off for asking Chris for his ID. And she does all the all the sort of right on white liberal things that mm. you, that you should do. Um, but he yeah. does all the automatic. I've got to cooperate. Yeah, because he's used to it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like if I cooperate, yeah. then this can just this will probably just go away. Yeah. If I just give yeah. If I just do what he needs me to do, then yeah. it'll be all right. Because he's been through it a yeah. million times, and he knows that the minute he starts to act up and respond to uh, and give back what the policeman's given him, then it's just going to go to shit, isn't it? Sir, can I see your license, please? Wait, why? Yeah, I have state ID. No, no, no. He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Yeah, why? That doesn't make any sense. Here. You don't have to give him your ID because you haven't done anything wrong. Maybe, baby, it's okay. Come on. Anytime there is an incident, we have every right to That's ask. Cool. Ma'am, the. Everything all right, Ryan? Yeah, I'm good. that headlight fixed and that mirror thank you officer so he does the right thing from there on in and then he does all the right stuff when he gets to the house like he always makes sure his phone's plugged in mm. he always makes sure it's charged he calls home to his friend mm. he does all he does all the right stuff that you think yeah, yeah this is what you need to be like doing how you would act yeah. in this situation basically yeah and i think that's really well observed and it's quite it's actually quite rare for horror mm. movies as well Phone ran out of my battery. My battery on my phone ran out. I'd probably just die. I wouldn't know what to do. Wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like that now, aren't they? It's just like don't know what to do without my phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite. It's 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 unusual because you either have portrayed um, privilege as normality, so that girl's family life and house, that sort of lifestyle is often portrayed in American films, not just horror films, as. Well, these are just ordinary people, and actually, you know, those houses are worth millions of dollars, and nobody really lives that sort of lifestyle. Or they live in the projects, and it's like it's you know, yeah. it, it you know, it's it's crack city, and, yeah. and it's it's neither neither one nor the other. So it was actually refreshing just to have somebody who was just between those two worlds. Yeah, yeah. What were your what were your and, and reactions to it, John? Yeah, no, I really I really enjoyed it. I think I, I agree with most people. Well, everyone else at the table anyway who thinks that didn't quite live up to the hype. Yeah, I did enjoy it, but I think I say I think I said it when we first came out of seeing it, it was I think the first hour could have been a bit leaner. There was there was a bit of stuff, bit of extra baggage that didn't really need to be there. I just agree with Steve. When when you actually get the reveal of what's going on, it does seem very rushed. Mm. But it but it's realistic, isn't it? It's what a real person would do. You wouldn't you wouldn't hang around. No. You? <laughs> no. You'd no. be like, no, I'm going. The, yeah. the main problems I were kind of, sounds petty, but like minor like technical things. It was the I think the scene is actually in the trailer, so it's not really spoiling anything. But he takes a picture of the guy at the mm. party, mm. and his nose starts bleeding. And they do like CGI blood effect, and it's like, 
why not just why not just get some <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be cheaper and quicker to just get some fake blood why yeah, have to be yeah well <laughs> probably so why have they why have they wasted time and money on a CGI blood effect it's I just, imagine I imagine it probably wasn't there and it was just him going mad yeah. and then the studio probably, probably saw it and were like this is how the movie this needs blood yeah. I imagine that's probably why yeah. that's true I don't know though but that's yeah. what I'm thinking yeah, and a few there was, I'm not going to say what it is, but there was a few other few other areas where there was some some ropey CGI as well. It didn't, it wasn't necessarily not on in this film really needed CGI. It could yeah. have all been practical, yeah. and I don't get why they did it. Yeah, it feels a bit like Blumhouse getting involved and saying, "Oh, I we, think so." Yeah, some of the the scares because they're not really many scares. Is that mm. they all feel forced? Like there's no need to them. It it should just exist. As it is, as the story. The story mm. itself is good enough. It's got a good creepy build to it, hasn't yeah. it? Even though it is a little bit too long. I mean, 10 minutes chopped out would have been good, I think. But, yeah. But uh, no more than that, really. Um, but yeah, that that build is quite good. Yeah. Um, the, the creepy maid. And... Chris is a smoker. And, uh, do you know, I think there's a missed opportunity to have had sort of a psychological edge to that first hour of him being a smoker and not being able to smoke that they missed out on. Because he did sort of play into that yeah. but there was none of that as a recent ex-smoker there was none of that antsy um, tension that smokers can get if they're not able to smoke for a long yeah. time and how uncomfortable it was for him in that house that would have probably heightened his need to have a cigarette yeah. and yeah. Actually, there was some they could have just had they could played have played with that a bit more just to ratchet just to sort of mm. subtly Mm-hmm. ratchet up the tension in some ways yeah, without they, adding time to it and actually it could you know, and it could still have been leaner but just a nod yeah. to his discomfort yeah yeah it feels like it feels to me like it could have been like a pilot an extended pilot for a show and they've kind of gone oh we'll give you a bit more money and turn it into a film yeah um, it's a bit, a bit Twilight Zone well, um, well yeah I thought that as well if that was if they, was, if they said you know we're bringing it back to Twilight Zone there's this pilot episode he's watching he'd be like yeah I want more of this show if it was you know if Netflix could have been a Black Mirror couldn't it yeah if, if you know yeah, yeah. or if Netflix or Black Mirror or something like that Twilight Zone said we're coming back and we've got this got your appeals right here you'd be like that as the first episode as a pilot you'd be like yeah I want, I, this is brilliant I want this Yeah. but it, it feels a bit like it's I mean that that has worked sometimes isn't it? some films that are meant to just be Straight to video or yeah, mm. straight to TV have gone onto the cinema and done well. Yeah, but it, it, I think for me that's what it looks like. For me, it, it did have um, an, a bit of a nineties thriller vibe to it. Mm. I don't know whether it was the music or something. It was probably the setting. Um, you know, it's a bit like there was a TV movie called The Dark Secrets of Harvest Home. <laughs> um, it reminds me of that. There were a few things like that where, you know, where the protagonist ends up in the middle of nowhere at a country house where everything appears to be fine. But like Stepford Wives yeah. and all that sort of stuff as well. But what I liked about it is it did follow the same um, blueprint of um, like horror throughout history, mm-hmm. as we know. Um, it's always played on social anxieties, hasn't it? So the horror of the seventies was response to Vietnam. The fifties mm. was response to atomic bombs. The thirties and forties was all about the, the wars, wasn't it? Mm. And now we live in a society where it's like down to social media and other things. It's like we're in a world that's not being allowed to look away so easily from what happens when a cop 
pulls over a black man, and you know, and and when um, black people are sort of fetishized by the rich white people who, who sort of want them <laughs> for their. Um, I mean, we won't spoil it too much, but you know, the the, the way like a the way like a black man is fetishized. The minute the minute like a hot black man would walk into a bar full of white women, and maybe they will all like go, oh, you know, yeah. but he's got a big dick and all this sort of. This comes from me who does that regularly. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, we live in a world now where where that where, where we are acknowledging that those things happen. So mm-hmm. I feel like this film follows the horror movie way of being a mirror. Yeah. A, yeah. You know, a mirror held sure. up to society. That's what we're doing with this film. This is Nielsen and Elisa. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so, how handsome is he? I'm, are you handsome? <laughs> okay. Oh, not bad. Hey, Nielsen. So, is it true? Is it better? Wow. Wow. And I really thought the entire first half, when they're really dealing with that, was like the strongest point. And probably the most uncomfortable part of the viewing were all the dad's interactions (laughs) and the family's interactions. Yeah. Like his attempt to be cool with it. Like some of the things he said, and did he even like? He was obviously trying to be okay and trying to make him feel comfortable and accept and stuff like that. He, I really liked Obama. Yeah, I wanted him to have fair term. It was meant as a good thing, but at the same time, you can just feel how uncomfortable it is. And it's I've watched. I was watching it thinking, I've said something stupid like that to someone at some point in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of uncomfortable because you can see how much. Yeah. white privilege you might put out there that you didn't realise yeah you don't and you don't but very cleverly um, it very cleverly descends into from trying to be cool and right on to actually being very actually being passive aggressive yeah racist yeah you and there's nothing and it's that sense of you when people are really good at bullying people often they behave towards you in ways that are really difficult to pinpoint and challenge. And there is an element of that later on. Yeah. Or actually quite quickly, where actually you're saying things, you think, what the the fuck did you just say? And you can't actually, there's nothing you can grab hold of. Yeah, there's no actual actual thing. But you know, you know, you know. The connotation of it is different. Well, there's the moment, isn't there, where Jeremy says, refers to Chris's genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about uh, mixed martial arts fighting and says with your genetic makeup you'd be a beast you know fighting in the ring and it's like oh my god that, said that. that was really uncomfortable that's where it kind of started to cross the line and the, the I didn't get there was um there was just something in the delivery of he talks about the seller and just, just black moles the way he emphasizes it's not and it's it's not very forceful, but there is an emphasis to the word black mold. And you think, why are you? St- what are you th-? And I was thinking, why are you saying that? Why aren't you just saying there's mold in the mm. cellar? Um, I was wondering if that was just me at this point in mm. tune with looking for racism. That I was sort of yeah. racism where there wasn't. I think it was very well acted. I think yeah. that's yeah. the way. I think the way Jordan Peele works is he will do stuff like. I think a lot of that is put there, so you will spot it and go, "Oh, he's being racist." And I think that's kind of a commentary on that people do go out the way to look for racism nowadays. Yeah, but, uh, but there is that 
I mean, you don't want to labour it too much because it because people do go out of the way to, to be offended these days. Yeah. But there is that there is that that concept of microaggressions, isn't there, where people are aggressive towards you in very subtle mm. ways <laughs> and actually unconscious ways, mm-hmm, yeah. but it's still aggression. And I think there's a fine line in that moment mm. where actually I think you're right. He probably is. Oh, trying yeah, to he, he is trying to trick the audience would say you you think this is racist and you're just being stupid, and also maybe cleverly say actually playing that microaggression yeah. context. Who knows? Yeah, there's a moment where the character who vanishes at the beginning, Andre. We think maybe this is him who turns up at the at the garden party at mm-hmm. Mum and Dad's, and he's dressed completely differently. And did not get onto this the same thing. Yeah, that was the way I never recognised people. Yeah, he'd been dressed. You put them on a different outfit, and then yeah. I just don't know. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, and there was just the way that the woman who clearly is his like older lover, mm-hmm. the way she talks to him, and she's like bossing him about and just really patronising, and the way she's saying, you know, well, go over there and speak to such and such. She wants to look at you and. All that it's just it is that kind of um, there's like a passive aggression mm. in it, yeah. and there's, there's about. yeah, and there's a couple of moments where it's like oh bless you, kind of yeah, the way they talk to people, yeah, the, the condescension is unbelievable, mm. and the way that Missy the mom talks to the housekeeper, mm. um, Georgina, the way she talks to her when she she says why isn't you gonna have a lay down, it's just that kind of weird sort of. You know, I'm not being horrible to you. I'm being very nice to you. Mm. You know, so you should be grateful for that. It's that weird. Yeah, it feels yeah. pretty threatening. Yeah, it's the um, the interesting acting really does kind of come from the way the black people in the film are acting. Who are obviously something's going on with them, but like I like the comedy and racism. Not even that the black people are acting like white people. Like <laughs> yeah, and there's kind of like a fun element in there because it was it was strange. But, like, it was weird, and I got what they were doing with it, but then when he goes to shake his hand and he puts out his face for a fist bump, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he just, like, fights it. Yeah. It was, was funny, but at the same time, I, I, do black people just fist pump everyone? I, I don't know if that's just a cliche. Well, no, not ever. I wouldn't be, like, that freaked out if you you went up to a black person if you tried to fist bump you every time. No, but it was, a, it was a symbol, wasn't it, of like, something's not right, yeah. you're, you know. It was a symbol of you're a brother, I'm a brother, and yeah. I, I want some solidarity with you in amongst all of this. Because yeah. we're, we're like stuck in the middle yeah. of all of these rich white people, it's like freaking me out. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. that fact, that line before, that really talks about, oh, it's good to see another brother here, and like, as a former accent, and he turns around, yeah. and his reaction to that line is really kind well, of Because he repeats, unsettling. he repeats mm. it, doesn't he, to the woman, and goes, was it my my presence here makes him feel at ease? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same, same thing, but what's quite repressed? I rolled up his arse, white bears, and the yeah. possibly could be. Well, what's quite refreshing as well is to see um to see black characters through through um you know whether they just cho- choose to or not imitating white people it, when when in popular culture now white people imitate black people just as yeah, a matter yeah. of course <laughs> so it's quite interesting to see that reversed good to see another brother around here <sighs> yes of course it is <laughs> something wrong there you are <laughs> you do something with this <sighs> yes yes oh hello I'm Philomena and uh, and you are Chris, Rose's boyfriend. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. That's nice. Um, 
Logan, I, I hate to tear you away, dear, but the Wincots were asking about you. <sighs> well, it was nice to meet you, Chris. Just quickly, what did you think of Lil Ray Howery as the mate, as the best friend, Rod? Rod's always a mate. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. He's really strong. Yeah. Um, element is theories that he comes up with are just. I love the. I love him talking about Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. as well. That's yeah. Really you don't get many jokes about <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer at all. That's always good. <laughs> that was hilarious and a good gauge for like test audience. Like you could see half the people laughed and half people stayed very silent so they yeah. all laughed <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. it was a really good comedy moment but yeah. very uncomfortable at the same time if you're not into that yeah I was a bit Um, I thought he was bordering on mugging a little bit too yeah. much and he, he starts to annoy me a little bit Um, but I think once I got into the groove and realised mm. but this is a horror comedy I thought okay and the scene in the police station when he's trying to explain it Brilliant. to the cop is excellent yeah, yeah. it's Brilliant. so funny so she well plays funny. it really well as well yeah should we give them the horn? Yeah. So if you don't want to be spoiled for this film, this is the point where you need to switch off. Get out. And get out. Get out! Get out! So, can we talk about the ending? Speak <laughs> 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 to the major. Spoiler of all. Yeah, well, so what happens next is things quick, very quickly spiral out of control and we find out that the Armitages belong to a cult. Would you say it's a cult? Well, I, I would say cult because the when he's watching the video, yeah, that felt like an introduction to like when you go to a cult camp thing and you give mm. like an introduction video. Yeah, that was what that vibe gave me. So yeah, cult. it was a bit cultish, wasn't well, it? Did, did call it a movement? Welcome to our movement, or something? Mm. Did he say? Yeah. Some cult, basically, yeah. Yeah. Things get really silly, actually. Um, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, so Chris is hypnotised by the mum, and we know that she's got... I think that's the start of things going wrong, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, to stop him from smoking, and... Well, under the guise of stopping him from smoking. And other yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. At all. Although we do know why, now. <laughs> yeah. After seeing the end, we know why she wants him to stop smoking. Why was that? Because he wanted his body. Of course. Yeah, they wanted to die of cancer. Of course. Yeah, they needed to be healthy. Um, <laughs> she hypnotizes him. He goes to the sunken place. Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. the sunken place. And just uh, disassociation. Yeah. Rich body and self, isn't? Yeah. So if they have their, if they have their way, he will spend the rest of his life in that sunken place, basically. Um, and his so he after so we know that the family's fucked up. We know that they want something from him. Um, we think maybe it's brainwashing, maybe a lobotomy. I was thinking of mm-hmm. maybe a lobotomy. Yeah, I was thinking just turning him into manless slave kind of thing. But yeah, and we think Rose is on his side, and then so he finds in a cubby hole, he finds a set a stack of photographs, and in each photograph, Rose is with a different young handsome black man. And like, after claiming that he was his first, he, yeah, she did say it. Mm-hmm. It was a point yeah. made about that, which is then made that reveal more interesting. Yeah. I forgot that bit then. Anyway, um, so he's, he's like, shit, we've got to get out of here. And then he tries to get out of there and then it's quickly revealed that Rose is in on it. And they then take him down to the basement and make him watch these weird induction videos. And we f- quickly find out that it's not just a lobotomy that they want to do. They want to take 
the brain of somebody who is sort of dying or old or infirm. It's an old blind guy from the party, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Who used to be able to see. Yeah. And once his autistic guy. Yeah. Because he's a photographer. Yeah. yeah. And they want to transplant the brain into Chris's brain and keep a little bit of him there. There's one bit that I didn't understand at the time, but realised when I read about the film afterwards what was going on, was when um, Rose and Chris are in the woods and he's talking about leaving, it's into it's into shot with the movement all together oh, and putting up cards. the auction. And it's an auction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea yeah. what that was. I just thought it was some strange <laughs> the big game. <laughs> I don't understand what this is. It's a yeah. strange playing card thing. He's, but he's now it makes sense him. about why they wanted him for the blind guy. Yeah. Because he won the auction. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he won the auction and got what he wanted from the black fella that they've kidnapped. Like the other woman got what she wanted from the black yeah. fella that they kidnapped because she just wanted a young lover. Yeah. And I imagine maybe her husband was dying. Yeah. I imagine maybe she had an old husband who died who was mm. on his way out or something so they put his brain into a young yeah. hot black man's body. Um, I think this is really the kind of made the first um, big mistake for me in the film was the fact that they went back and showed you the party scene again that you'd watched already once and as part of the reveal of why they were doing this they were saying how each of the people, like, they might want them for sexual objectification. Or they sex might lives. Sex, sex lives. lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, they might want them for that, or they might want them for, like, I can't remember the other reason. There was, like, help around the house, or... Yeah. Um, there was all the different... Just that come with stereotypes of black people and mm-hmm. what they could bring to the table. And I think the mistake there, for me, was that they could have said that but not showed me the party yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, there was a Because I would have then, on a rewatch, yeah. would have really enjoyed well, spotting that I as think a different context. This film works a lot better if you give it a rewatch because, like that I was saying about the smoking, yeah. if you, once you know what the end is, you go back and watch it and, it's, That's true. and it all it falls into place a bit better. And that would have worked really well as a rewatch reason, yeah. but because yeah. they showed me it, I don't need to rewatch it yeah. Yeah. in a different light. I also thought it was a bit easy that Rose was evil. As well, well, I was waiting for it to be that she was hypnotized by one as well. That's what I was, thought, and yeah. she wasn't in on it, yeah. But then That's when she I just thought. gets the keys out and goes, Oh, mm. yeah. yeah, but then she did do the change in character very well, like yeah. she played two different characters. Mm. I thought that, t- but she did do that really well. I thought it was, that, that was great, but I agree, it would have been. I think it could have been a better commentary around racism and it being a horror film if she hadn't been in on it. Yeah. And actually, yeah. just about the how easy it is to lose your moral compass when you're actually persuaded by yeah. prejudice or mm. yeah. what you, you allow yourself to be swept along with that. And what happens when you are part of a family who think like that? And you won't, you don't think like that, and they take the most drastic measures to make sure you fit in with them, and yeah. you, you go along with their with their way of thinking. So they hit, so you know, in effect, yeah. the mum hypnotises her. Yeah, that was yeah. a bit more interesting. It might for have me. been a bit of an easy out, though. I suppose wasn't it? it might have been a way to, you know, keep them together at the end of the film, and you think, oh, that's just a bit. But then they didn't have to do that. An interesting plot development, I I thought was it being was that she was hypnotised. Yeah, she woke up from the she she got woke yeah. from the, from mm-hmm. the hypnotism. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, she's from hypnotism, and then but then she still chose anyway, a yeah. family, you know, and then yeah, and, and that was a bit that was a bit a more interesting thing for me. So Georgina and the groundskeeper are actually the grandparents. 
Yeah. 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 I, I, but the, the way that's done is really clever, I think. Yeah, I thought that was really good. It gives you just enough before it. So I think the scene before, the, the exact scene before that, I worked it out. Yeah. And I it's, it's, but it's done on purpose. Scene. Yeah. So it, it gives you enough so you can work it out, and then the scene later. So it's clever, right? And it, it gives yeah, you enough well, so you can work it out. So that when you see it one scene later, you think, "Oh, I'm smart, mate." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it is clever. Yeah. This was exactly my experience because I literally figured it out yeah. that scene as well. Yeah. And it was it's because you doing it. You're talking about all the advantages of why he wanted to do it, like the sex and everything like that. That was the um, reasons why doing it, and I was just playing back in my mind was. But why would you want to be a house slave? Like, why would yeah. why would a white person then want to be a house slave? And then just as it triggered me with the videos and that, and I was going, he just wanted to live. And then yeah. I was trying to explain to Teddy because he was very confused still. Yeah. After the film, and I was just like, I don't think that actually the slaves, when there's no one else around, yeah. they're just the family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was that was an interesting little yeah. thing. Yeah. It was a nice twist. Yeah. Yeah, so then the end um, for me, I, I I thought was a bit strange. Well, I didn't think it was strange, but I thought it was a very studio horror movie, and I I I often I did wonder whether it was tagged on, because basically at the end after he gets away, um, he's tussling with Rose on the floor in the middle of the road, surrounded by dead bodies, and a cop car pulls up, and I automatically just thought, so we're going to get a really nihilistic, depressing ending mm. where he's shot because he's a black man towering over a poor white woman on the floor but then we re- this revealed that it's actually Rod, his best friend, has come to save him, which mm. is a lovely happy ending mm. and upbeat, but part of me you know, the sort of yeah. hardcore horror fan in me was a bit disappointed mm. it would have brought an accurate, was it Dawn of the Dead? Or? Yeah, Night of the Living Dead yeah. Yeah. Mm. Dead, where mm. the black protagonist and that survives everything and then gets shot down by the police it would have been an actual mirror of that kind yeah. of scene. And yeah. That would have been really powerful. I wasn't like that, but um, so I did wonder whether it was the original ending or what. But what do you think? And it wasn't the original ending. And apparently, um, the director actually intended it to end with Chris getting around, arrested by the police for the murder of Rose and a family. And for it to be a reflection of the realities of racism, which we all thought. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a more natural ending, so but because there've been so there've been several shootings and there've been such a high profile around sort of police mistreatment, mm. he's apparently decided that um, he said um, the situation around racism um, got more got got more woke, <laughs> and so he decided the film needed a happy ending for its lead. So he decided he's decided himself. That's fair. Partly in the studio. But I still think it was a cop. I think it's. I still think it was a cop. Yeah. I think because actually, if you're gonna do a film that's a commentary about racism is satirical, actually, you don't need a happy ending. You need actually, you need a dose of raw, reality. bloody reality. You need a bit of aftertaste. You do. You do, um, and it needs yeah. to leave you uncomfortable. If there is these things that like we see in these shootings all the time in America, or black people fight, cops are innocent. Not the cops are innocent, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, if anything, it gives you more of a reason to make this such a big point. Yeah. Like, the fact that this is still happening, this is happening so bad. This is the reason to make this film, and to make that social commentary. Not a reason to suppress it. It's a reason to do it, in the first place. Absolutely. Mm. It's, um, make your point, be powerful. 
Yeah. I was almost say it's cowardly not to. Yeah. 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 I'd agree on I'd agree on that, I think. But that's that's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that is kind of what happens, isn't it? You know, if we if we a lot of the films we're used to watching now, that might not be the successful multiplex horror movies. Yeah. We're used to those kind of endings where mm. they might give you a bit of a kick in the gut. Yeah. Whereas this it did play to the endings of what yeah. the audience probably wanted to yeah. see. But uh, you know what? I think it's it's a, it's a compromise on it that is fine by me because you get a studio mainstream horror movie that's taken in all the big books and it is getting a good point across in a very clever way. So if if, if the way that they've done that, if they've had to compromise and give it a happy ending, then I would like an alternative ending on a DVD or something. Just yeah, I wonder if they shot it. I wonder if they shot mm-hmm. it. It'd be nice if the real ending. Have any of you seen Skeleton Key? No. 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 See, because this film's plot actually is a reverse of the Skeleton Keys plot. It's it's a kind of bad, but I really enjoy a trashy 2000 kind of film. And in that, it's um, following this old white couple, and the girl goes in and is looking after the man who's in the wheelchair and everything, and he's trying to like leave messages for her. But in the end of that, anyway, but it looks for that film. Um, what it is is that it's these black people were getting about to get killed for something they hadn't done so they actually used voodoo to transport their bodies into white people into their white kids and then as they were growing up they were looking for new white people to go into like the souls go from one to the other yeah like they were transforming for using a switch so when they killed the black people they actually killed their own son and daughter interesting and it's it's plays into some of the elements that this film plays into but the other way around it's Hmm. It's quite an interesting plot and it's quite creepy when it's done. You never have to watch that film now, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> it's worth <laughs> to watch. I really do. I think in some ways it being sold as a horror film kind of does a little bit of a disservice because when you get to get what the reveal is, it's more of a sci-fi film, I think. It is quite sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. That's what that's what made me think of like Twilight Zone. Yeah. Because yeah. that would that a lot of Twilight Zone episodes would be sci-fi. It starts off as this horror thing, and then you would find out, oh no, it's something else. Yeah. yeah. So I think that does hurt a little bit because Blumhouse have obviously wanted to put their little bits in, and like the jump, the jump scares and stuff. Like when it comes down for a smoke, and Georgina walks past in the background, and yeah. it's a big loud noise, and it's like there's no need, there's, yeah. there's no point to yeah. that. A jump scare like that. That jump scare didn't make me shit myself though. It didn't make me jump. It didn't In all fairness, it was well executed. <laughs> but it doesn't add to the tension, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't add to the film. I don't think. A jump scare relieves tension, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. They're yeah. doing. They're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, in all fairness, I'm not opposed to a jump scare as long as it's sparing. Yeah. I don't need a film that's got six fake jump scares and then yeah. twenty real jump scares. One jump scare in that entire film. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. That, that was fine. Yeah. It yeah, it does break the tension a bit. But yeah. I did hate the point I I was really scared by the point where the fella was running towards yeah. the yeah. woods. That was terrifying. That would have been really good if you haven't put it in the trailer. Yeah, that's well, in the first trailer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well. See I haven't watched and the trailer. Because like it. it's really good. Yeah. And really effective and creepy in the trailer, but I wish you'd saved that. Because mm. it would have been really good to see that for the first time in the film. The tension that builds in the moment where he says, right, we've got to go, yeah. it's brilliant. I was really tense mm. when he when Chris decides and he says to Rose, we're packing, we're getting in the yeah. car, we're going. That, that really did scare me. And it was nice that they played 
with the girls revealed for a while where she was looking for the keys yeah. and Rain was switching out she's got the keys in her hands but she's not getting them out or yeah. she's they took the keys from her yeah. and Rain was switching yeah. between the two going which one is it which one is it yeah. well I think when you see the pictures you, you kind of you, you know that you she start has, to realise she yeah. has to be in on it really yeah, she's also a part time lesbian I liked that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice little touch. I love the fact that she, so her grandma is now inside the body of the of a girl that she's clearly had sex with. Yeah. That's her, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it must be. Yeah. Well, it's the only time you've seen another woman. Yeah. I hope so, because that's Anne Reese's now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know, because she was a lot younger. Mm. But then she's, she's just got older. I don't know. Yeah. Um, any, anything else? Do you want to say anything else? Um... The just yeah, the difference to what I expected it to be what it is is that it was really kind of um the reason behind everything all the motivation was it was white people thinking that black people were the superiors and kind of stealing it, which was interesting and completely different to what I was expecting because I felt like it was gonna be a movie set in the South of America where it was subduing and taking black people back to slavery. Well, they were, but um, the stuff that they were seeing as superior, it was like they were, it's like they were sort of... Um, just genetics. Genetics. It was like they were looking down on these people and going, ooh, you you know, you, you funny, strange people who aren't like us, who we're better than. You do have some some just, skills that we don't have. And you they were still, yeah, still exploiting them, weren't they? They were yeah. still commodities. And so it was just like tra- yeah, traditional... Racism is still kind of racism. Like yeah, and it's, yeah, absolutely. And it's still, it was... It was it was just like traditional slavery and just like traditional, well, just like empire building. You go in and you see yeah. commodities people have got and think, that's great, I'm going to take it for myself. Yeah, and if Jordan Peele had written a script where all of the racists were out on out, hillbilly hicks from Mississippi Burning or, you know, Colour Purple or whatever, mm, yeah. that would have been a much easier film for people to watch as well. Mm. Whereas this is more challenging because I think, the insidious racism, especially for America, because yeah. I think it's so you. Me, I don't know that it's the same here. Maybe it is. Maybe it is for Guardian mm. read as well to do Guardian readers. It's the same sort of. Um, it's the same sort of demographic, isn't it? That sort of white liberal America mm. would find it really uncomfortable in some ways to be have that reflected back to them that they're actually because it is a reflection. It's like they, totally you, they are as. They aren't as liberal and they aren't as um, they are they are as accepting as they think they are. Yeah, yeah. And they're not cartoonish, horrible villains. They're real people. That's yeah. what you're seeing in this film is real. It's real. That's that's the it's the bland, dead behind the eyes face of of white liberal mm. America, isn't it? I was just glad to see satire in, in films again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, satire is dead, basically. Satire is practically dead, so it was good to see satire again. Yeah, it was nice. Did you not think it was a little bit weirdly, um, just another point of this, accidentally racist, that fact that the only other black guy that had been kidnapped during the course of the film was recognised by the black guy that came down? Like, it was her friend. I think that's probably, I think that's probably, was it the just a, that's probably the writer just having a joke. He's just having a laugh at you. That's, that's the way he works, I think. Like, he was like, he knew him from round his, I was like, just like it's like when people go to me, oh my mate's gay, you must know him. Like yeah. that's what I felt yeah. like. It yeah. was like, why the fuck would he know him? Why even if it was from that town, that town must be huge. But they even that they kind of make a joke about that, don't they? When Todd phones up and says, Oh, it's like 
this guy who you went out with, he works in Blockbuster with this guy, and it's this guy's sister, and you're like, ah, yeah. oh. and so it, yeah, they make a joke out of it, it's all, you know. Yeah. I think that's him being, I think that's just him having a joke, yeah. really. I, th- I wasn't sure if it was playing to it itself. Mm. Yeah, like, no, that, that's what he does, that's what, that's how he works. Yeah. Yeah, and it is it is interesting to watch this from a queer perspective as well, isn't it? Because you sort of identify with a lot of those. That's what I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of time. Like, like what you said earlier in the episode, yeah, you like that sort of meeting the parents for the first time and and that kind of passive aggressive welcome that you yeah. get yeah. <laughs> from it the is, parents. And, and the I friends. think that's what Jeremy's trying to do is you try to relate to the characters that you're watching on screen, so you take their experiences and play it to yourself. Mm. So that's why I watched it the way I watched it, and just class difference and as it well. Is, it just. Well. They wouldn't say they were middle class, but they were middle class, they were fucking rich as fuck. Yeah, middle yeah. class in America is like working class here, isn't it? So they were like, they were <laughs> yeah. upper class rich. Yeah. The fucking house was huge. Yeah, really rich. There was like millions of dollars in there, wasn't there? Um, and yeah, the class difference as well. I think you could always identify that if you, with that if you're a working class person yeah, yeah. who's ever been stuck in a room yeah. full of posh people. Mm. And you just know, you are you know that you're different. I would have died at that party. Like, yeah. literally. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, I had to just eat all the food. That's <laughs> all the food. Got pissed. Right. Made a show. <laughs> made a show, and then like yeah. collapsed Uber. in a pool of vomit. Uber and But yeah, so um, for me, I think I was expecting a five star horror movie, and I got a four star horror comedy satire, and that's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. And I really recommend that you that you see this film, you guys. For for sure, it's definitely a it's a it's a. It's a film that you do expect to be a five star, but it is a, it's it's four star, but it's it's good. It's that's no real criticism. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, I'd probably say it. four and a half. Yeah, maybe a bit more news. <laughs> cool. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I think I also I knew this one was going to be exactly to my taste. This is the type of thing that I like to see. Mm. That taking something and using horror as a metaphor is exactly what plays into my life, my interests even. So I think that's why it's more for me. Yeah. I more than happily sit through it again. Oh, yeah, and watch again. It again. I think yeah. it's. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it is designed to watch again. Yeah. So you'll you'll pick up stuff the second time mm-hmm. through. I hope so. Yeah. I hope there's more for me to explore. Yeah. No, I liked it. It's, it's well worth watching. I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd, yeah, I'll probably give it a four out of five as well. Yeah. So I was expecting. Seen some reviews. It was wasn't like hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes for a long time. After it was like hundred percent after two hundred reviews or something. And I think that's going a bit far. It was like um, Under the Shadow, that was similar, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. But I'm not taking that away from it, it's a very good film. It's a very good yeah. film. And it's and good. But it's directed on debut, I stand on. Like, but, well, yeah. he's, done, well, he's done TV for years, I suppose. Yeah, but for a full feature film. Yeah. But then, I, again, I don't really think it was. It seems a bit like it could have been a pilot for something, and they've just Blumhouse have gone, oh, let's put this on the, the cinema. It might have been a short story. Blumhouse tends to do short stories yeah. too. Long, like you did with Mama, yeah. I just think it would have worked a little bit better as a like a Netflix original film or as a pilot for a new kind of horror show, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know about that because it's going to rake in the money, yeah. It already has yeah. had a four, four and a half million dollar budget, this it's already is, made 80 million, yeah. Dollars. This is going to be amazing. No, but what I mean is like, yeah, it's that shows in the film, no, there's a few, yeah. there's a few technical issues and. The, the smallish the, budget does show. Yeah. yeah. So we recommend it. It comes out in the UK on the seventeenth of March. Um, so yeah, so already got it. Yeah, yeah. So treat yourself. Go go along and watch that. 
and then let us know what you think let us know what you think of this review uh we'd like to thank all of the people who've been sharing the possession episodes uh, it's gone down really really well such divided opinion on that I put it up, um, I put the, I put, well, I didn't share the podcast, this is on the VHS and Grind house page that I'm on on Facebook, um, I didn't share the podcast because I don't want them to think I'm spamming, but I just said that we've done a podcast on possession, what do people think of it, and everyone responded saying they loved it, said wow. it was one of the best films I've ever seen, all of those like horror fans, um, more mixed on Twitter, but most people do really like it. Mm. But most people have come back and said that it's a, it was a really refreshing episode. To hear our different opinions mm. on the film, mm. thought it was really thought it was really well done. So thank you guys for the for the feedback on that. Yeah, and you know, wrong gets shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So our next episode is going to be our, another Jello episode, and we're talking about the strange vice of Mrs. Ward, and that will be out about a week after this episode. Um, so yeah do let us know tweet me at Johnny Larkin tweet Stephen at HD89 Jonathan Butler tweet uh, Cthulhu502 don't tweet Martin send him a letter send me a letter on parchment <laughs> an owl can tweet it on yeah <laughs> touch to an owl <laughs> or a wolf I just thought you were a witch <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, also um, Feud is on TV has anyone seen it yet? not yet not yet so it literally came out last thing was it? Um, yeah sometime this week not of us 5th of March they were out it's the 8th they came out f- Sunday okay so not of us everyone seemed it. to watch it today on Facebook but I just couldn't get around to it yeah we'll watch it at the weekend has it been yeah. on British it hasn't been on British telly has it? no I think they watch it in on some form some of magic yeah but if you're a fan of feuds then go back and listen to our podcast on Baby Jane and on Joan Crawford and Betty Davis um, that was a lot of fun to do yeah. Um, and yeah so tune in for our next episode on The Strange Vice of Mrs Ward and thank you very much um, um, if you stay past us giving you the horn then um, I hope you enjoyed that as well Dirty bastard. As if not the last time. <laughs> we'll rub up against you again very soon. Get out! Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. Bang, 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 bang goes the farmer's gun. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, 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 run.